This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, September 7th. This is episode 218. I am Dan Ellis. 147. <laughs> I'm 146. That was so many episodes ago. That was. <laughs> yeah, that's a long Man. time ago. Uh, how you guys been? Uh, I've been. You've been? Yeah. You've been working? Yeah. Been working today. I've, We're I've, working today. <laughs> see, I told you at work. <laughs> at work. Tearing out your yard? Yeah, that at home, I decided to start doing that today, and yeah, that's going to be all weekend, tearing up the yard. Doing uh, some yeah. xeriscaping. Yeah. I hate how they fucking spell it. Why? Hmm? Well, you pronounce it xeriscaping, and that's not what it is. That's how I pronounce it, but <laughs> that's how I've, heard, I've always heard people say xeriscaping. What is it? How's it spelled? It's because like we X- live in Utah. Nobody can fucking pronounce anything correctly. Yeah, but the way it's like, it's like X-E-I-R. Yeah, X-E-R-I. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, hmm. Fuck, I'm putting zero lawn in. I'm zero scaping. <laughs> no, it's zero. <laughs> it, anyway. it ends in an A? Zero scaping? I'd have to look it up again. X-E-R-A? Is that what you said? No, X-E-R-I-S-C-A-P-I-N-G. Oh, I, zero. But everyone else I've ever heard pronounced say zero scaping. That's because, like I said. Not just here in Utah. Well, people are stupid, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I've never uh, heard of it. How many people do you know who say nuclear? One. One? Really? That's all? I don't I, I don't hear people use that word that often. Oh. <laughs> yeah. People well, people mispronounce things all the time. Oh yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be fun. a project. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give Sarah some cash tomorrow and say, hey, go pick up some pretty looking shrubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what side of the house is it on? We Does want it... a shrubbery. It's Fetch on a shrubbery. the front of the house, which is north facing. Ooh, you need some shade plants. Yeah. Well, not really. Most of it's sunlight most of the day. It does get sun? Oh, a ton of sun. Oh, really? North facing, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Kind of, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I mean, maybe not true north, but as far as the roads go, it faces north. Huh. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's, the front yard gets a lot of sun. More than more than the backyard that would be south facing. It's actually pretty. My house isn't very tall, so there's no trees, so everything's completely exposed. And even today, when I was out there this morning, I was in the sun the whole fucking time. Hmm. No shade. Hmm. I would have I would have melted or just turned into a lobster. Oh, I turned into you, where I had drenched sweat through the front of my back of my shirt, and I wasn't even fucking ginger blood. We have had a little bit of a break in the weather, though. That's why it's I decided. Not, it's not roasting hot out there. It's it's been no. like in the eighties, right? Yeah. That's but, yeah mid, but today was but today it was like ninety five again when I was out there doing that. Was shit. it? Yeah. Hmm. That's caca. I was yeah. In my, I was in my office, but I decided to start doing it right now in the fall, so that way I'll redo some seed out front where I'm keeping grass, and it should hopefully take this time. Yeah. <laughs> Just- so, okay. 
I'm not going to tease you anymore. Well, it's been too hot all summer to... <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Good. To, to spread my seed all over the yard. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbors complain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you, sir? Got some duffy shubberies. <laughs> yeah, it keeps it boarding. Um, I have a project on my own. We've been doing a kitchen reno, and it's going along. I think this weekend we'll pretty much wrap it up, except for the countertops. Well, you had already done like all tile and shit for the yeah. Floor, we right? reti I retiled it, and then. Uh, we just, we were waiting for it to cool down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it wasn't the dead heat of the summer. And so now we're, we just, we've repainted all the cabinets and all the cabinet doors and everything. And then, um, I redid the kitchen window cause it had like a half inch little ledge and, and it was double paned. So there was like five inches. It would go back to the external window. Mm -hmm. So I just ripped that whole frame out the front frame and then just rebuilt the windowsill and then framed it up with old barn wood and then barn wooded all the way around the soffit up top. So now when we put the cupboard doors back on, which are all plain color, we'll have like, you know, interesting soffit up top, then the plain little color. contrast. Yeah. And then I'm going to do kind of a country, British country, brick, red brick backsplash behind the, or under the count, uh, cupboards. I still need to do all that yet in my house. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't have to do any of that. I need to paint a couple rooms in the house. But other than that, when we moved in here, dude, it was just, it was move in ready. Like mm -hmm. we didn't have to do anything. Oh. I've really been digging it. I do have one correction from last week too. Oh, oh yeah. What's that? Uh, was it me? In the opening, I was talking about how good it was to see you guys again. And then I called you two dumbasses. Oh, and uh, I have no idea why. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's nice to see a dumbass. Well, but you aren't dumbasses, and I don't think of you as dumbasses. And I bet if you go back and listen, you'll even see that I'm, like, stumbling to kind of find the words, and that's what I settled on. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I default to – why we, I don't, we love you too. Why man. don't I default to pleasant things? What's wrong with me? You're a guy. It's, yeah. It's part of our toxic masculinity. I guess. So this week, I'm happy to be here with two perfectly nice and intelligent gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for calling me intelligent. And Ryan. Oh, no. Damn it. Oh. I did it again. <laughs> well, thank you. Very nice to have you both back in studio this week as well. Yeah. I'm just fortunate that you guys are secure, thick-skinned guys because most people don't put up with me and I don't have a lot of friends. So I've got very thick skin. I think yours is a little thinner being ginger, though. Well, it just no. It just burns through really quick. It just looks thinner because it looks red, so you might think uh, like you're you're seeing through. I to just like, thought you were like opaque. Well, I am semi-translucent. Yeah, basically. Okay, that's all the hair, on. dude. I am <laughs> really lucky that my that my hair is basically translucent. Or, or you'd look like Robin Williams. Oh yeah, I, I would yeah. look like a gorilla. A, you you kind of have polar bear hair. Yeah, it's very, I'm super hairy, but it's very, very light in color, I mean, so you don't really notice it very yeah. much. I've been burning my arm hairs off the last couple summers during the wildland season, but we ain't had one this year. Yeah. You haven't had, have you had to fight Fuck, any wildland I, I've fires? I've had two fires, little ones. Oh, yeah. Like four or five acres, that's it. Huh. Nothing too serious? No. Like, boring. It is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of what I've done recently. Oh, I went to Grant's birthday party. It was Grant oh, yeah. and Brittany and Matt and a bunch of our other friends who have birthdays in September. We all had a big shindig for them on Saturday. That was fun. And other than that, it's just been work and editing the show and all that kind of shit keeping me busy. Work is just 
busy, busy, busy. <laughs> I had to do all of my background shit yeah, over sucks. the last couple of days. Like, and I had to have it done by today. Today was the drop dead date for okay. it. And so at the end of the day, after I had completed it, it was like, okay, now what else, what do I have to do regular work wise? And I realized that I had this follow up set from my boss that he wanted this report by close of business today. And I had to send him an email just saying, uh, sorry, Alfred, I wasn't able to get to this today because I was doing my background investigation stuff. So sorry about that. I can do it Tuesday after our first call bright in the fucking morning. <laughs> and he just replied back and he's like, well, I needed it today by close of business to report on it Monday, but Tuesday is good. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you still want me to do it when that, that's one of those situations where when it comes up in the meeting, I'll get that information to you a little later. We're still working on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's kind of bullshit stuff that he wanted me to report. I mean, it's semi-important, but it's more of a, cover your own ass kind of thing okay. for like everybody throughout the service. We've got to do these health checks on all of our internal systems because there was that problem during filing season where like one of the servers crashed. went down for like four hours or something. And everybody in the world was like, Oh, the IRS is terrible. And they don't know what they're doing. And so now we've got to go through all of this rigmarole of testing everything. We, ooh, gold. Uh, all the t- <laughs> testing. Were you, all the- were you golding the rigmarole? I, yeah. I yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we got to do all this internal testing and making sure that our systems are up to snuff when <laughs> really then we're just the ones who are creating these arbitrary things and saying, yeah, yeah. it looks good. It's just but- busy. It's, it's, it's hmm. a wit. It, just it's frustrating yeah i thought you're gonna say it's a wet dream there for a second no not at all okay no it's terrible (laughs) uh that's about it for me we'll be interviewing mikey weinstein of the mrff that's the military religious freedom foundation for those of you who don't know they currently represent over fifty-seven thousand five hundred active duty u.s marines sailors soldiers airmen cadets midshipmen national guard reservists and veterans including matters involving high school JROTC around the nation, about 96% of whom still identify as practicing Christians. Uh, the MRFF clients have faced unconstitutional religious church-state violations and noxious abuse from their military superiors, who almost exclusively brandish one particular version of Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity as a weapon to intimidate, menace, harass, subdue, and terrify their otherwise helpless armed forces subordinates. Their client base consists of Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Hindu, Sikh, Native American, spiritualist, humanist, pagan, atheist, slightly over 18% of all Muslim Americans in the U.S. military, other minority faiths and non-faith military members, and just under 1,000 LGBT military members. So doing a whole lot of great work. For a whole lot of cool peoples, it sounds like. So that should be fun. I'm excited to talk to him. Yes. I've wanted to interview him for a while. And so that should be a lot of fun. Should we yeah. do it? Yeah. Let's talk to him. Okay. This is Matt Delahoney, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. My fear is that someone will, uh, will, will initiate a, um, a nuclear exchange, believing completely and totally that they are the tool of Jesus Christ in doing it. Rob Parsley said, remember, we are promised by our Lord and Savior a 200-mile-long river, four and a half feet deep, filled with nothing but the human blood of those that Jesus has slaughtered at the Battle of Armageddon. With a big smile, that, that fundamental smile on his face. He will raise his hands up and say, therefore, my Christian brothers and sisters, 
Rejoice, for the worst is yet to come. We've had 10 of our clients killed in action. We've had clients that have been uh, put in extraordinarily dangerous combat situations as punishment for not accepting Christ. We've had clients that have been beaten, repeatedly beaten. We've had clients that have been ostracized. We've had clients that have been singled out. Most of these clients that this has happened to, these horrible things have happened to, um, just numerically, are Protestants. The next biggest are Roman Catholics, just because of the overwhelming, overwhelming numbers. If you're a, a Hindu, Buddhist, a Muslim, or Jew in the military, you, you've, you already know what it feels like to be a little bit of a minority. If you're a Lutheran, you're not prepared for this because you never faced this before. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Okay, on the line, we are joined by Mr. Mikey Weinstein. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. No, this is great. I've, I've wanted to interview you for quite a while, so this is fantastic that we were finally able to get this set up. I think I've been talking about trying to get you on the show for the past three or four weeks. I'm glad we could do it. Me too. So tell us a little bit about MRFF. Well, we are a uh, militant and aggressive civil rights organization, and we fight another very, very um, um, bureaucratic and uh, stoic organization called the Department of Defense. We represent uh, our job is to is to um, buttress and protect the separation of the wall separating church and state in the technologically most lethal organization ever created by humankind, which is our U.S. military. And uh, we we are closing in on fifty eight thousand plus clients. About 95, 96% of our clients are actually pro- uh, practicing Protestants of a, of a, you know, a literal rainbow of different denominations and Roman Catholics. And about the other four or 5% are, uh, Jewish, uh, Muslim, Hindu, Native American, Sikh. Uh, we have, you know, and of course, atheist, agnostic, secularist, humanist. Uh, we have, uh, 1,012 LGBTQ clients. 12 of those are, tw- are transgender. And we represent a little bit more than 18% of all Muslim Americans that we know of in the US military. These are clients of ours. And we are fighting pretty much just one enemy and it's uh, weaponized Christianity. You know, we have over 420 people that work in this foundation, like many civil rights organizations. Um, many are volunteers uh, and um, about 80, 83, 84% of those folks are also practicing Christians. So this is not what you hear when you listen about um, from the religious right or the religious wrong, as we call them, you know, focus on the, family, the American Center for Law and Justice, the American Family Association, the Family Research Council, mm-hmm. anything with the word families or values in yeah. it is going to add. You know, they, they say that we eat Christians for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That isn't true. You know, we don't give a, a, a one damn crap about what anybody's belief is in any, you know, it can be Spider-Man or nobody for all. That's all we care about is the the time, the place, and the manner in which a member of the U.S. military feels they have the right to deploy their faith or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, about 99.99% of the time, we are fighting fundamentalists or what are known as dominionist Christians, those who believe that they have the right to follow the Great Commission that uh, Jesus talks about allegedly, um, you know, one, uh, some, one of the last things he tells his disciples in Mark 16, 15, and Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission. You know, go out and make uh, disciples of all nations. And uh, those who believe that the Great Commission trumps the Great Constitution, we fight. And if they believe that they can't be restricted, these are members of the military, can't be restricted um, by our Constitution. It's construing federal and state case law and all the DIR guys, the directives, instructions, and regulations of the Pentagon, or as we call it, the Pentecostal gun. If they don't <laughs> they can be restricted by that in 
trying to convert people, well, then they're the enemy and we fight them tooth and nail as hard as we can because in, in the U.S. military, um, if you're being told or being even gently evangelized by your military superior, get the fuck out of my face, sir or ma'am, is not an option for you. So they come to us and we do it. That's fantastic. And it's one of the things that I think is a common misconception about the MRFF. And that's one of the things that actually I wasn't entirely aware of until fairly recently that it's not an atheist organization. It's an organization just fighting for the civil liberties and religious freedom of everybody, regardless of religious belief. Absolutely. In fact, our lawyers send out, you know, very serious letters to those uh, that refer to us as an atheist organization. And there's nothing wrong with atheists. Um, I, I'm, I'm very well, you know, I'm, I'm, I call myself a Jewish agnostic. I'm not sure where you draw the lines. Um, I'm very proud of my ethnicity. I still pray three times a day in Hebrew. I'm not sure there's anybody up there. I often think that we know as much about the true nature of religion and the universe as our dogs know how my MasterCard or my Visa works. Mm. But, uh, but the bottom line is that um, it's easy to try to tar and feather us uh, as an organization that is, um, you know, irreligious, and that's not true. Mm. We are a, uh, you know, a civil rights organization that protects the separation of church and state. And in this, in, in, uh, in our country, when you tell someone that they lack integrity, character, and, you know, um, intelligence, courage, bravery, honor, and honorability, because they don't believe in a certain weaponized version of Christianity, there's no difference between that, as I always say, and telling someone they're stupid because of the color of their skin or because they were born without a penis. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me play God's advocate here for a second. Uh, what if, I mean, it seems to me that the, the common pushback or you would get from, from people who are, are maybe not totally invested in either cause, I think, just sort of lay people might say, well, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, you know, most of them probably are Christians and, and, you know, I mean, even if they're not, then, you know, so what? I mean, what's the harm? I mean, the, just let them believe what they want while they're, while they're in the military. You see, the problem is, is that your military superior is not your shift manager at freaking KFC or Starbucks. It is a very, very different environment. In the military, for instance, having um, sexual intercourse with someone other than your spouse is a felony. Mm. If you're ordered to go to the base dentist at 1600 hours and you don't go, it can be a felony. You don't have the right uh, to show contempt to the president, vice president, any members of any state legislature, etc. because in the military, our Supreme Court has ruled in 1974 in Parker versus Levy, the compelling governmental interest for the utilization of the First Amendment is not what it is for us. I mean, we're civilians. I'm, I'm a civilian now. I was in the military for 14 years. Um, you know, that's to make sure they, you know, we, they, you get your full measure of First Amendment constitutional rights. In the military, that's not the compelling governmental interest. And this was a, again, a six to two decision. Somebody didn't vote. Uh, William Rehnquist wrote it, one of the most conservative chief justices in American history. And it said, no, in the military, once you put the uniform on, you don't get the same uh, First Amendment rights to have your freedom of expression, uh, speech, and, and for that matter, you know, religious uh, um, um, free rights of expression. Mm -hmm. Because the compelling governmental interest there is to maximize the bones, the skeleton, the muscle, the organs, the flesh of the military, which is good order, morale, discipline, unit cohesion, health and safety of the troops, military readiness, and, mil and mission accomplishment. And if um, if you allow someone who's, you know, again, that you cannot fight back against, mm. we use the term spiritual rape because that's what it is mm. when you are in fact told that you are less of a person because you don't accept this particular militarized or weaponized version of Christianity. And it is absolutely rampant in the U.S. military, mm. the, um, you know, the most uh, technologically lethal organization that Homo sapiens has ever 
ever created mm-hmm. our military. And it should be, we are, we are a secular democratic republic. We are not a Christian nation any more than we are an atheist nation, an agnostic nation, a satanic nation, a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation. And um, right now, as I said before, this, this version of Christianity known as Dominion, Christ, Dominion Christianity is inextricably intertwined into the very air conditioning, the DNA of our U.S. military. Mm-hmm. And um, to answer you, it's a good question you ask, is that when, when, someone, um, when someone makes it clear that if you want to advance in this, in this the military is in, I don't know if you've ever been in, but it's incredibly tribal, adversarial, communal, and ritualistic. Mm-hmm. It is not like working at Walmart. It's a different situation, and the whole job there is to is to make sure we have a lethal enough military to protect the full panoply of constitutional rights, guys, for the rest of us. And how do you do that? Again, you have to maximize unit cohesion, good order, morale, and discipline. What is antithetical to that? Telling somebody they're going to burn eternally in the fires of hell, mm. or parents did, or in my case, had many relatives that uh, were slaughtered at Mauthausen, Treblinka, mm. Dachau, Auschwitz, the other camps and, and subcamps. I've been told over and over again that all my relatives are burning it. So, you know, fuck that. Yeah. I can't find anything that is worse for destroying good order, morale, and discipline. And um, I remember years ago, one of the nicest things ever happened. Uh, we received a, uh, a note um, from Window Rock, Arizona, and that is the capital of the Navajo Nation. A young 19-year-old Navy, a naval sailor was being just mercilessly proselytized by his chief petty officer, on one of our nation's 10 or 12 giant aircraft carriers. And um, we were asked to move in. We did. We engaged. And we uh, uh, got that chief petty officer severely disciplined and moved to another part of the ship that had three, four, or 5,000 sailors. About two weeks later, we got a message from the sailor through his family. And again, they're a Navajo family. And it just said, please thank Mr. Weinstein, MRFF, for being the voice that we are not allowed to speak with. And that pretty much gave me goosebumps, and I'll always remember that because you can't stand up. It's different, like I said, in, in the civilian world, and um, trying to create a narrative that we're doing whatever we can to serve as an accelerant or lubricant to bring warrior Jesus back because it's great. At the end of the world, get here as soon. We just can't wait. And some of these fundamentalist Christian sects are um, promised a 200-mile long river. It's a long river, four and a half feet filled with nothing but the human blood of those that their beloved Jesus has slaughtered at the Battle of Armageddon. And again, I don't begrudge them, you know, their uh, their their faith. That's fine. The point is there is a time, place, and manner, and you cannot scream Jesus in a crowded theater. <laughs> I think that's all I think that's all wonderful. I, yeah. I noticed that you when you were talking about different people that you represent, you you used the word client versus members. Is are you talking about that all of those people are are legal clients of yours, or is that how you work your membership, or what's the distinction mem- there? We, we don't have a membership organization. We're not. Uh, when someone we have a we have protocols we go through to make sure someone can be a client. Uh, we've actually conducted a number of um, polygraphs with our uh, prospective clients. We've never we've had a couple turn it down, in which case we don't take the client. We've never had somebody fail a polygraph because even we can't believe uh, after everything we've been you know, we've been fighting this since February of two thousand four, and. Um, to become a client, uh, the charge is zero, and uh, you know we uh, protect our we provide our all of our clients AARP and not the one you're thinking about, but anonymity, action, results, and protection. And um, so, uh, uh, since Trump became the presumptive nominee, 
in the summer of, of you know of 2016, the late summer, we've seen a near doubling of our client load and um, the enabling of hate. And you know, remember, prejudice is prejudging. It's fine if you don't like gays or atheists or Jews or Muslims or you know uh, people over six feet tall. That's fine. That's in your mind. There's no thought police here. But if you manifest your prejudgment into behavior, that becomes bigotry. And that is what is sanctioned. And so, as we, for instance, we've told everyone in the military, particularly um, fundamentalist Christian chaplains, if you can't stand the fact that LGBTQ members of the military are now allowed to be there, don't ask, don't tell, it's gone, you have three options. You know, you can hold your tongue, change your attitude, or fold your uniform, put in your paperwork, and get the hell out of our military. It's as simple as that. And uh, they hate being told that. And um, so uh, when you tell somebody that being gay is, you know, they, they made a bad choice because, you know, it's like going to Baskin Robbins. Oh, you should not have chosen the strawberry or you shouldn't have chosen the, you know, the Dutch chocolate. Bad choice. You know, love the ice cream, but hate the ice cream center. You know, I'm, t- I'm tired of all that stuff. And um, we created our foundation to be a weapon to go after these um, MFers who try to push this weaponized version of Christianity. Uh, it's the Christian version of ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, Boko Haram, whatever you want. Um, and we've been doing it for a long time. And we do it very, very, very well. It comes with a price. I mean, you get a lot of threats. You have to live with um, attack train dogs and weapons and cameras and bodyguards. And um, that is the nature of what it's like today. And so, and it's been that way from the beginning, but never worse so under this administration. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's shameful to have to say that our U.S. military is, you know, is, is like I said, is like an alloy with this stuff, but um, it is. Um, I think statistically Hitler had something like 7.9% of the German populace. That's all in his National Socialist Movement. Stalin had far less, something like 2.8, 2.9%, you know, in his um, communist movement in Russia. But we, we, we have determined that it's not exact at all, but somewhere in the high 20% to low 30%, of the U.S. military is infused with dominionist, dominionist fundamentalist Christianity. That is a shitload. Mm. And that's why we are as busy as we are. And, um, that's fucking terrifying. That's, that's, that's terrifying. I can't, I can't imagine how some of these soldiers must feel while they're in the service and having to go through all this because they're a captive audience and they, and like you said, they can't speak out. What are the rules and regulations against or for or, regarding uh proselytization within the military well and you said soldiers and of course i don't want to offend the airmen the marines and the uh and the sailors out there we also represent cadets and midshipmen at milo mater the air force academy my father's the naval academy at annapolis west point um merchant marine coast guard academy rotc um, um cadets and midshipmen as well as junior rotc in the high schools we had a ton of stuff that happens there hmm. the rules are the it can be very complex but basically it's, it's simple there you know I mean, if you look at uh, the essence of the the First Amendment, you know, the separation of church and state, which although the words aren't there, we have eons of case law that make that very clear. The one, the one military branch that we've been fortunate to get an absolute regulation, which is backed up by the Military Criminal Code, which is known as the Uniform Code of Military Justice. This is Air Force Instruction 1-1, Section 2.12. And it basically states that leaders at all levels in the Air Force must ensure their words and actions cannot reasonably be construed as supporting one faith over another or no faith violating that can be can be prosecuted for instance as dereliction of duty um, under article 92 of the u.s constitution of the of the uniform code of military justice but it seems as though the air force we pushed very hard for that i 
testified on Capitol Hill before the House Armed Services Committee on a whole bunch of things, including that regulation. And um, when Trump became uh, took took power, several of the uh, um, the uh, far right wing parachurch organizations were trying to specifically get that regulation thrown away. We use it all the time, but it seems to be followed and complied with more in its breach than in its conformance. Um, in the other services, I mean, it's it's uh, we have some wonderful leaders in, in the Marine Corps, Navy, Army, and Air Force that clearly see this. I mean, remember, unit cohesion is kind of important when you go to war. Yeah. Why would you want to do anything that would denigrate a fellow sailor, soldier, Marine, or Airman? Why? Well, only if there's something more important, which is making sure that you get them into the kingdom. You know, we have a um, an awful lot of this battle under our belt, and um, we have created a tremendous body of work in doing this. And it should be terrifying people. I tell people all the time when I speak publicly, I won't be satisfied until I make you dissatisfied so that you can get off your asses and see that something actually needs to be done. And um, uh, I mean, if you if your audience, we don't have time to go through it tonight, but if you Google Jesus nukes and look at all the nuclear missile launch officers that came to us with their indoctrination about what Jesus wants them to do with our nuclear missiles or Jesus rifles, uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on just when we can't. We believe we've we've seen um, uh, we've seen it all. We find a wing commander who has a uh, um, an online ministry called Plus, like the opposite of subtraction. Prayer at lunchtime for the United States, and he takes a picture of his general star and puts it on the on the site. You know, we had a we filed a twenty two page um, indictment, if you will, demand for investigation with the Department of Defense Inspector General. Let's see what happens. I want to see if maybe they, they rapidly promote him. From one star to two star, three star, and four star, and then make him president. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but we're not going to stop. This country is in a bad place right now, but it won't always be in a bad place. Maybe there will be a blue wave coming. Maybe people will stand up uh, uh, and uh, and say, "Okay, enough is enough." But right now, uh, our national security—you uh, know—our our it's the old statement about who will guard the guards, and that seems to be, you know, what our role is. Um, focusing with laser-like precision where all the nuclear weapons, conventional weapons, drones, and laser-guided weapons are. Um, the ACLU doesn't really uh, – There, are, these are all fine. Lots of organizations out there that are great, but they don't necessarily have the same kind of preternatural understanding of the military. I'm an I'm a, a Air Force Academy graduate. Four of my kids are. My brother-in-law went there. My dad went to the Naval Academy. Uh, I've got two nephews in the Marines. We've, we've seen all this up close and personal. And we don't have to have, have the uh, special nature of the military explained to us. But it's a very, very serious thing when, when you have a commander or anybody who outranks you making it clear that if, if you're going to advance in our national defense structure, you better get right with Jesus. And here's our version. And remember, most of our clients are Christians, or at least they thought they were. Yeah, they're apparently just not the right kind of Christian, according to Correct. these dominionists. They're not Christian enough. And if it, it takes a second to go to you know Wikipedia, wherever you want to go to look at Dominion Christianity, uh, uh, Frederick Clarkson has written some great stuff about it. Uh, most people have, don't even uh, – there are even Dominionists that don't even know what it is. All they know is that uh, there, they, there is no – again, they, they cannot be regulated in spreading the good news that you're going to burn eternally in the fires of hell unless you get down on your knee and confess with your tongue that Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. And um, – that would be great, you know, as I say all the time to my audiences, you know, what what does the first commandment say, right? You can't have any other gods but me. But what does the first amendment say? 
Oh, yes, you can in this country. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was fantastic, Mikey. Thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. I know you've got to you've got to rush off to other things. You're a super busy guy. Uh, if people want to support the MRFF or if they want to contact you, where can we direct them? You know, my phone number is very public. It's five zero five two five zero seven seven two seven. If they uh, feel like they want to support us, it's a that's great. It's a hundred percent tax deduction. We're a five hundred one c three under the. Uh, non nonprofit charity. They can just go to our website, which is www.militaryreligiousfreedom.org. And, um, um, you know, we don't run on chocolate sauce. We actually, uh, you know, fight like hell to make sure we can stay um, um, completely sustainable in the face of this um, pretty brutal opposition that uh, has never been more empowered probably in the nation, in our nation's history than by the, um, the scum suckers and the bottom feeders we have right now in power in Washington. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Mikey. It was a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime you'd like. Um, yeah, this was a whirlwind of uh, of awesome information and passion. That was that, that was cool. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I very much appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you, and, and best of luck to everybody. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. What we're really seeing is um, Christian privilege, previously unchallenged, um, being challenged. Why now. is it so Christian privilege? Being, isn't it no, a no, national no, 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 holiday? Wait, 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 no, wait, wait, no, wait, no, wait no, Mr. Weinstein. Isn't it a national holiday? It's a national holiday, not a Christian holiday. Bill, I know it is. It's a national holiday. I know it's a national holiday. Can I respond now? Please, I'm your guest. Let me just try to respond. My point is, is that Christian privilege is now gone, uh, previously unchallenged, and now you welcome to the land of equality. You must all share your toys. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. What a super awesome guy that was. Yeah, I decided to just let him talk the whole time. I'm like, I'm oh, not going to jump in with any stories because he's short on time. Oh yeah, yeah. And and he and he had so many cool and interesting things yeah. to say as he was going along. It was just like, you know, fact after fact and and the passion he has with it too is just like, yeah, just let him go. Yeah. Yeah. What and I feel like a freaking idiot for even making like those noises, those conversational <laughs> noises. I, Cause honestly I sit here and I feel like we're not, they're just, no, I feel like they're just, ta- they might, they must feel like they're just talking to themselves. So every once it's just my natural, I don't know. It's just to at least let them know that we're still here and just keep going, you know, but right, right. then in this case it mutes them, which yeah. I didn't know about. So now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, that's one of those. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, it's one of those stupid fucking, that's why when I, when I called him and he said, oh yeah, I noticed on your thing, he just says fucking Skype yeah. because I fucking hate Skype. I mean, it's, it's great for a lot of things, but it's not a perfect interview tool when you're, you know, when you don't have a lot of visual cues and, and things right. like that. And because if you make those little noises on one end of the, on one end of the, of the recording, it mutes the other person or, you know, brings, attenuates their yeah. volume a whole lot. And so, yeah, whenever we were going, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or, or, you know, given a little chuckle or anything, it would kind of mute him. So mm. yeah, that's, that's one of the shitty limitations of Skype. Fucking Skype. That's why it's on my tagline for my Skype person is fucking Skype. But yeah, what a, what a fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I have learned a shitload about the MRFF over the last couple of weeks, uh, in trying to arrange the interview with Mikey. And they do a lot of really cool, really important work. I know. And this is one of the things that I really love about doing this show is that 
I, I, I knew way too little about Mikey Weinstein before mm. we had him as a guest. Mm. How did, how have I not heard about this? And as much as, I mean, I've, well, I, I, I recognized his name from somewhere, but I, this should be out in front everywhere. Like this is such a cool organization that's doing the right thing. Yeah, well, and they're doing it for everybody, regardless of your religious belief yeah. or faith or lack of, yeah. or lack thereof. They're going to represent you if you're being discriminated against in our military. Yeah, and I know I was never like discriminated against when I was in the military, but I felt the pressure of religion. I don't know if I've, I probably, I think I probably told the story way in the past sometime. Like I can, like the first week at basic training where the guys are all like, hey, we're going to go meet in the day room and do uh like a prayer circle. And I'm like, oh, what? We're going to be stroking Jesus's ego. But the thing <laughs> is, is like once you start seeing like everyone get up and start walking to the, it's like, oh, shit. Shit, if I don't go, then I'm going to be gonna the, I'm going to be the one yeah. ostracized and be the odd guy out. I'm like, well, I better fucking go. So I at least fit in. It's like when he's saying like unit cohesion and stuff like. Sometimes it's you have to fit in. You have to not be the the odd man out. So mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with what's going on, you just kind of fucking go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a really shitty thing. That's one of mm -hmm. the that's one of the problems that I see with religion all over the place is that it's used as a divisive force and a wedge between people yep. all the time. Yeah. Yep, that's that's what it does. Yep. It's it's not a well, uniting thing unless you happen to just share that particular well, religious but, belief with everybody well, in your. I was gonna say it's not only in the U.S. though either, because uh, I, I now I'm just gonna start telling the same stories I probably told before, but now they're all gonna be in one spot. <laughs> <laughs> we because uh, we always worked with the Iraqis and everything in Iraq. We did training with them. We had Iraqi firefighters we trained, and we had one guy that I can remember one day where we were filling up their fire trucks with water, and he said. It's the day Michael Jackson died. I remember that because the guy was telling me how much he loved Michael Jackson. But then he asked me, he goes, so you're a Christian, right? I said, no. He goes, I thought the, the military, the, all the Americans were all Christian. Hmm. I was like, no, I'm not Christian. Then he said, well, then what are you? What religion do you belong to? I'm like, I'm not religious. And he had given me a look like, that's a possibility <laughs> yeah. but at the same time what that's that's something that can happen originally it's a funny story because the guy didn't realize you could choose to be irreligious uh -huh. but it's also coming into contact with what mikey was saying people in other countries that were you know going to warren think we're all a christian military right, as well right mm. well when you have when you have fucking companies putting out biblical verses on it was on the ACOGs, on, on, yeah. on sites for for weapons, that that really goes a long way toward promoting that yep. kind of narrative. Yeah, yep. or even like the, some of the photos and the videos we're watching, where they show the 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 like the Templar type, the Christian soldier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen that kind of stuff because you always got military units that are painting the barricades and stuff, and seeing that kind of stuff painted on the barricades. They're all they're all warriors for Jesus. Yeah, uh, one thing I've never seen. Is a Christian flag flying at a military base. And if it's been there, I just maybe I didn't notice if someone was flying a Christian flag. Mm -hmm. But the only place I've ever really seen a Christian flag flying around here is on the back of someone's pickup truck with a uh, Confederate flag. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the work that they're doing is incredibly important and valuable. And it's, it's disturbing to me to realize how many people in the military, high-ranking officials in the military yeah. – are on board with this dominionist narrative. Well, and 
it sounds to me a little bit like maybe, and maybe I got the wrong impression from what uh, Mikey was saying, but it sounds like he, he was sort of suggesting that the people who have that attitude are promoted more. That's what it's so, yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. So, so if that's the case, then it's not surprising at all that the leadership is all like that because they're picking their hand, picking dominionists to lead the certain parts of the military, which is even extra scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's something that, I think the rest of the world views us as kind of nuts that yeah. way, right? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. That they think we are – I mean, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people around the world who have this perception of the United States as waging a holy war against all of these other countries well, that, we're, that we're currently involved Yeah, anti-Muslim e- Christian crusaders. Yeah. Even the countries mm-hmm. are at war and think it's a holy war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and when you've got people on our own fighting forces who are promoting that, yeah. then, then that's a really fucking awful thing. And so it's great that the MRFF is around to help discourage some of that and, and put, you know, tamp down some of those worst angels of our nature, I guess. Yeah. That was, I, I just am still very impressed with Mikey and, and the whole MRFF thing. That was yeah very, very cool. Yeah. He's a sharp guy. What, uh, what have you got for us? I have a this story. Week? Okay. And I'm going to Tarantino this story a little bit, meaning that I'll start kind of with the end. Well, Sort of an ending part of it, and then go back uh, to how it how got many there and acts? stuff. Uh, there's probably about three. Okay. Uh, so this will be four years after the events to be described. Okay. The police went back into the case of the Jameson family. They uncovered a strange security video taken outside the Jameson home the night they left it. In the video, the couple is seen going back and forth between the house and truck, packing up their belongings, seemingly not talking to each other the entire time. Uh, as if that weren't strange enough, prior t- uh, prior to the Jameson family disappearance, Bobby Dale Jameson had gone to his pastor, and they talked about their belief that the Jameson home was haunted, oh. saying oh, no. that he had two to four ghosts on the roof. On the, <laughs> it's a squirrel. Two to four. I wonder. I wonder how you quantify how many ghosts there are. Count yeah. the steps. I don't know. <laughs> the following are the events of the Jameson family uh, as a result of their incorrect and non-skeptical beliefs about their haunted home. Bobby Dale Jameson, his wife Sherry Lynn, and their six-year-old daughter Madison were leaving what appeared to be normal lives in Eufaula, Oklahoma, until October 8, 2009. That day, all three of them mysteriously disappeared from their home with no indication of where they could have possibly gone. After a few days of searching, the police turned up the family's pickup truck but it only raised more questions. Fucking ghosts got him. <laughs> the truck was found in Latimer County, about an hour drive from the Jamison home. But the items discovered inside the truck seemed to indicate the couple had not planned to be away from the truck for long. Inside, investigators found their IDs, wallets, phones, Sherry Lynn's purse, and the family dog, which was malnourished but still barely alive in the backseat of the truck. Hmm. They also found $32,000 in cash. Both Bobby Dale and Sherry Lynn were on disability at the time of their disappearance, and where they could have gotten that much cash, or that they intended, or what they intended to do with it, was unknown. It's also a mystery as to how they got so far from the abandoned truck, both being on disability. But they couldn't explain why they would have brought their daughter along with them, and it was impossible to tell from the condition of the truck if they'd left it voluntarily, or been forced out of the car by someone else, perhaps leaving their belongings behind while under duress. Hmm. A search party was formed and investigators combed through miles of woods and surrounding area looking for any trace of the Jameson family and turned up nothing. 
The case went cold until November 16, 2013. Uh, that day, just three miles from the from where the truck was found four years earlier, hunters stumbled upon the partial skeletal remains of two adults and one child. Hmm. Forensic testing proved that they were the skeletons of the Jameson family, but due to the state of decomposition, no cause of death could be determined. <gasps> they were the ghosts all along. Fucking ghosts. Despite all the mysterious clues and leads, police haven't been able to untangle the mystery of the Jameson family death. The case remains unsolved to this day. Um, all we know for sure is that the entire family was terrified into action that led to the unnecessary deaths of three people because of faulty reasoning. The belief in ghosts killed this family. So why not just let people have their beliefs? What's the harm? Hmm. That so we know that they left the home because of ghosts. Well, that that's according to their pastor that said. Yeah, this is the 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 timeline that they can establish. So it's the best guess. Huh. That's really strange. It is. Like, why would they? Why would they gather their belongings and that cash just to go die somewhere else? Right? Well, yeah, but I mean. It it may it may not be that they intended to die. It also seems weird that but, if you're having car troubles and you break down and you're near some woods, you need to go through the woods. I don't know what kind of dog it was, but I'd probably bring the dog with me because the dog's going to alert you to something way before you realize mm -hmm. something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So probably you're thinking that they got out of the truck involuntarily. Involuntarily. But that also so, goes yeah. into questioning why was the money in it? And why, why didn't they didn't go they through the vehicle? Taken. And why didn't if if you're being taken from a car involuntarily, you're not just going to get out and close the door right away. The dog probably would the have gotten out yeah. of the car. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Stupid dog didn't let it him. It all sounds weird. I think the ghost did it. Yeah. Yeah. Followed him. They hitched a ride in the back of the truck, yeah. and as soon as they stopped for anything, it was just on him. Yeah. So actually, it was the it was Bobby Dale and Sherry Lynn that were haunted, not the house. Oh. So the ghost followed them. Then when they got to a creepy location, they killed him. I just think, well, I, I thought it was. I mean, it's 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 a terribly tragic story. Sure, but why are the why are the ghosts on the roof? Yeah, yeah, and two I, to uh, four of them. Like of all places to be haunting a house, it's not the basement. It's not. Oh, you know why? Huh? It's the ghost of Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus and that was his last one delivery. to three of his, his reindeer, Spring Hill Jack. His elves that were oh. helping him on the way. That they they crashed into that house in their last delivery. Now they're still there trying to figure out how to get in. Well, now what are you going to do for all the little kids who are out there listening to the show right now? <laughs> oh, don't worry. And since Santa just died, said that Santa is dead. Well, yeah, their parents took over the job. Oh. Do the parents know this? Oh yeah, they got the memo. Oh, so now you're just telling the kids that their parents have been lying to him the whole time. Well, you gotta keep Way to go, Ryan. <laughs> it's like, do you really think your goldfish went to went to uh the the lake to swim with the bigger fishies? <laughs> I figure that's what happens when you flush it down the toilet after it does. <laughs> no, it goes to the treatment plant. <laughs> and that's not a pretty place. Oh. Well, what else have you got for us, man? Uh Memphis, Tennessee. A uh, history class discussion about religion versus science turned into a debate at Southwind High School. Quote, we're up every morning at 445, said Sharon Jackson, who took her five grandchildren in. She keeps her living room table full of schoolwork to keep up uh, with what they're learning. This is homework. It's already been done and graded. 
But one piece of homework her grandchildren brought home from the Southwind High School history teacher stood out to her. Quote, he talked about how there was no heaven and there was no God and everything your parents and grandparents are teaching you is a lie, Jackson said. Notes her granddaughter took from the history class said science explains mature course. The Bible is based on faith, not evidence. The church cannot be a source because it is just a building. Jackson said her grandson was actually forced into a group that was separated by religion and science. Her granddaughter actually learned everything from a PowerPoint, which she wrote down on paper. Quote, the group he put my grandson in was the group that was the group that was scientific over religion. So he told him, I don't believe in scientific over religion. That's when the teacher told him, well, you can do well, you can do two papers. Jackson said (laughs) she said she was furious and couldn't believe what she was hearing. Seeing how her family attends church every Sunday, Jackson felt she had to speak up. Why isn't her God speaking for her? Mm -hmm. Clearly, if there were a problem, he'd step in and put the kibosh on it. Right. Yeah. Quote, when they talked to him and asked uh, why he did it, he said something about Mississippi, something about Mississippi laws. Close quote. The Shelby County School District told us, High school students regularly discuss current events and trending topics during class, and the assignment was a result. The teacher was instructed to cancel the assignment because it was not part of the district curriculum. Quote, I really pray it helps other parents understand that there are people out that there are people with other beliefs and they're trying to get our kids to believe in other things. Jackson said, we also asked the district questions about normal protocol for teacher discussions and assignments in hopes to learn who approves what's taught in classrooms. Uh, well, they also asked if the teacher had any repercussions and they haven't heard back. So I just oh. want to say this was Simone Woolridge of WREG.com and you are a terrible writer. <laughs> this was really hard to read and hard to follow along. So maybe move out of Tennessee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there, there's that. So, I've been listening to the two Skeppy Chappies. Yeah, we have. And I've noticed, I think on the last three episodes that I listened to, when they're doing their Snopes well, game. I'm going to have to break Snopes, it to Snopes, you, Dan. Snopes, 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 Snopes. <laughs> I think it's been more than three. Is it more than three? I was listening to the most recent episode this morning on the way home from work, and guess what? It was on that one, too. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, oh, this is it's fascism. Because during their Snopes thing, I've heard... Spike Spike. say that he's using his lucky coin. Yes. He has to use his lucky coin. Mm -hmm. I mean, a true skeptic would not believe in luck. In fact. That's something a non-skeptical person would believe. (laughs) I believe that they have dealt out pretty harsh demotions for members of their organization having lucky items. Yeah. Like like uh lucky numbers. I believe it was our friend Tamel. Yeah. Taboo. Or Taboo. Taboo, who yeah. wrote them something about a lucky number yeah, when, jersey when, when, or something. No, when he it became was his agent, an agent he said, Oh, oh right. that's my lucky number. So they demoted him. They squashed him, him for a yeah. while and then they played games with it, you know, trying to make him work really hard to get back and all that. They they were kind of nasty about it. Yeah. Those fascist bastards and now and and now we got we've got lucky coins we've got a whole bunch of touching wood a whole the whole bunch of <laughs> psychic predictions about different things from them especially from spike well, i don't know what's well, going on over there but spike is using an algorithm 
using math to do some of his predictions for 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 the sports stuff at least. So that's not that's science. Well, they were doing political predictions. They were, but that their psychic political predictions. Remember, but that was more comedy. Because you could literally say, I bet Trump's going to say he's going to murder someone on Fifth Avenue and be like, oh, fuck, he did say it. <laughs> you could just name whatever fucking crazy thing you want. And he'll and say it. Happen. Yeah. So it was more of a Nostra dumbass thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, thought that was an interesting yeah. thing. Very interesting. Yeah, but it, it seems like Spike is taking that lucky coin pretty seriously. Because, yeah. Yeah, he absolutely is. Mm. And I have meant to send them a message for a while. And then I thought, oh, no, we should probably talk about it ourselves yeah. and maybe include it in the show to point out, hey, man, that shit is fucked up. Well, here, I, I, I have not been, I've not had my rights stricken from me yet. Oh, now you will. For speaking out about our Spike, British overlords. Spike, you've been demoted. <laughs> oh you didn't play the sound you wait, had the sound wait, queued wait, up wait, wait you had the sound i mean whenever you're gonna demote matt you had it like ready on the yeah. on the line okay yeah, so here's here's an issue i downloaded them onto my phone uh-huh they both have the same name who has the same name oh you don't both know which the, files which both files have the same name <laughs> <laughs> so that's great organizing skills there duffy so we need to also s- Agent demoted. <laughs> oh, wait. And promoted. <laughs> and promoted. No, because it autoplays the next song. <laughs> oh, tech fail. Screw you, Google Music. <laughs> also, we need to send them the, I don't know, they probably are aware because it's a British thing, but the entire genre of music called chap hop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I posted a link to their <coughs> to their little page. Oh, did you? I, I said little. That sounded bad. I didn't mean it like, no. like their little, <laughs> little page. condescending. They put more on their Facebook. page than we do on ours. I meant to say Facebook page. There, I just I used the word little. That's they've funny. they've got a good following. I'm did, just, this, did they comment back on it? I didn't see. I, was I have been too it. busy to actually check. Oh, okay. I, I haven't been on the social medias a whole lot. Like I'll see I'll see stuff during break or when when I'm taking a tinker stinker. Ah, you yeah. play on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm checking Facebook and whatever, and I'll I'll post something occasionally, but I haven't had a whole lot of time to argue with people as much as I would like online and stuff. Like I feel like there's something missing from my life because I haven't been able to do that as much. But yeah, I so I posted that out on their Facebook page and I have not gone back to see if Check. they've okay. seen it or commented or anything. Maybe they're busy also. Maybe. Just Maybe Dan's, holiday. Dan's out there thwarting another mugging yeah. or <laughs> doing doing some ninja karate stuff. Hanging out with Gandalf. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. Um, has that old cliche, there are no atheists in foxholes, ever been proved or even proved relevant? I mean, is there any indication that atheist soldiers are less fit for battle or the aftermath than their theistic comrades? Yes, it's, it's, it's been proven to be as uh, correct as uh, uh, Paul Bunyan or the Loch Ness Monster. It's, it's completely ridiculous. But in this country, we do not determine you know, your viability as an American citizen, particularly if you're wearing that uniform, by whether or not you, know, you have a particular view of religion. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. 
Do you have any well, other stories that are really hard to read? <laughs> probably. Well, I, I have a whole bunch of stories right here. We, we got we got a good video one we can probably pull up. What's that? The one from the LDS uh, meeting in Arizona this last week, where the woman that was, uh, oh McKenna Denson. Yes, that one. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about that. Okay, yeah. Let me grab the let me grab that video I, and stuff here. You were talking about McKenna Denson, right? The yeah. LDS woman. I think she's still LDS. I think Good, I th- because I, she. I think in her thing she mentions her Lord and Savior. That she Jesus. still has a. Yeah, she she still strong. loves loves the Savior, okay. something like that. Uh, but she confronted her attacker, yeah, the person who molested her at the LDS MTC. The Mormon Training is that is that is yeah it Mormon, Mormon Training Center. Can we call it, is it? It's going to have to have his name change, isn't it? Uh, what? Oh uh, yeah, molesting. No, the, no, the uh, molesting Church the of Jesus Christ of Latter Day <laughs> Saints Training Center. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the Missionary Training. Oh, Missionary. Oh, yeah, that's oh right. never yeah. mind. Yeah. Did I say Mormon? I I was did. I was just yes ending you. I think okay. while I was trying to think of other things. Yeah. When I started saying, I'm like, no, that's not right. And you're like, oh, no, it is. I'm like, oh, it is? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I got something right. Well, kudos to well, me. Like, Yay. Weird they would call it that. <laughs> yeah, it's the Missionary Training Center. Yes, that's right. Uh, but she confronted the the man who had molested her, sexually assaulted her in the basement of the MTC. And admitted to it on tape. Right. He And had zero actions taken against him by the church and has not been punished at all no he hasn't been excommunicated he no. hasn't been even disfellowshipped he no. still attends church regularly is a member in good standing well at the same time there's another member of the lds church who's been on a hunger strike until they stop asking kids sexual questions in their sam meetings young. and this weekend he's being kicked out of the church sam young who has served as a bishop and wants yeah. the lds church to change their policy around bishops interviewing young children with no other people around and asking them very pointed, very personal questions about their sexual behavior yeah. and which should be thoughts and yeah. No adult should be asking a minor about their No, dude, that's oh. like that's like a pedophile's wet yeah. dream, right? Is it's fucking yes, sick. Send the children to me to ask them very personal <sighs> sexual questions behind closed doors. That's just that's setting it's, that's setting up people to act badly. Yeah, it's it's a terrible situation. It, it, it just how do uh, you wonder how something like that even gets started? Because it just sounds like such a bad idea right from the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like like who thought? Hey yeah, let's uh, put young children in a room with an adult male with no other supervision, no other oversight at all, and have him ask them very personal questions about mm-hmm. their. Sexual behavior yeah. and thoughts. Ask the have him ask them if they are touching themselves and masturbating and thinking about sex. If they've committed any sexual acts with other people. Yeah, and then explain that sexual act to me. How it happened? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Who 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 the fuck did that and was like that? Sounds like a great idea. We should do this. Let's roll it out to all of our wards. Yeah, all of our local it's, churches should be doing this. It's pretty disgusting. For and and. To have an untrained layman clergy person, yeah. which is what the LDS church is with their bishops and stake presidents and everything. They have no theological training. Most of yep. them have no uh, social behavioral training, no psychology, no, no psychology or psychiatry training. It's they're lay people. 
Yeah. You know, if you're lucky, maybe you have a bishop who's also a social, a social worker or is also a psychologist or psychiatrist. They're, they're just LARPing. Some kind of therapist. But it's not. I mean, typically it's, it's a guy who owns a car sales lot or, yeah. Know, yeah. or a small or, construction company or, or something a like chiropractor. that. Chiropractor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A chiropractor. <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's just these lay people who are put into positions of authority over these people. And like I said, they have no specific training. They have no specific knowledge in these areas. And they're asking young, vulnerable children, these incredibly personal questions with nobody else in the room. And then who, and you, you, you see it all the time where a child will tell their parents, Oh, well, you know, I I haven't mentioned this, but, you know, something's going on and I want to tell you. And then they will tell their parents, oh, you know, brother so-and-so touched me or father so-and-so touched me. And these people of great faith in their chosen religious belief look at their child and go, oh, that's impossible. He's a good Christian boy. Oh, he's yeah. a good Mormon boy. He's a good Catholic. That would never happen. A priest would never do that to a small child. You've got to be kidding me. You're making this up. I'm going to I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap. How could you say something so terrible about a good godly man like that? And in, in this case with this woman, maybe that's what this guy was doing during his, his, his excuse for these interview processes. Well, yeah, and she, I mean, one on one. So when she recorded him, when she confronted him initially and recorded him, and he, he, he admitted he confessed to sexually assaulting this woman and said that she's not the only one that he's done this to. Yeah. You know, there are several other women that he sexually assaulted at the missionary training center. And, I, and he's still a member in good standing. Yeah. And I After think- the church heard the tapes and the church heard the tapes and then tried to change the local laws yep. here so that you, so that those tapes would never see the light of day. And the, and the funny thing is, is the church didn't, their defense had nothing to do with proving he didn't do it. Their whole defense was you can't try this in court. She took too long to come forward, which is also bullshit. Yeah. Statute of limitations is run out on this. Cause she tried to come forward several times. Now. Since she was going through the MTC, I think females were like, they had to be 20. They can be 18 now, but I think when she went through, because she went through in the 80s. Uh, the, mm, yeah. No, what are 20 to 20 to 21? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the ages are now I, or what they were, but I, I know women in the LDS faith have to be older than their male counterparts to go on. Not missions, anymore. Because right? I remember that just. Is that, it all, is there, are they both 18 now? They're both 18 now. It used I, to be I, 19 for boys and 20 for girls, though. Okay. That's why, because. I looked up Utah state law. If you're above the age of, if you're 18 or older, you have to report it within two years. Mm-hmm. But if you're a minor, 17 or younger, uh, there, there's no time limit. Hmm. So you prey on kids that are older than 18, send them on a two year mission. Guess what? By the time they come back, statute of limitations gone. Well, and we're talking hmm. about faithful Mormons who go to the missionary training center thinking that they're going to be trained up to go out into yeah. the field and do God's work, proselyting, proselytizing people. And bringing them into the fold for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yeah, they're not going to come forward with these allegations and or or tell people, "Hey, this this happened to me," because they want to go on their mission. They want to stay in good standing with the church, or else they're going to fucking hell. Well, and they've got their god goggles on. They've yeah. got their rose tinted lenses where they think that you know everybody who's LDS is clearly a good person. They yeah. would never do anything wrong to them. That's why Utah is such a hotbed for fucking 
pyramid schemes yeah. and for pedophile rings and, you know, bishops asking inappropriate questions yeah. of people because they think that wearing this badge or claiming this title of being an LDS person or, or a Mormon makes you somehow instantly a good person. Yeah, which is bullshit. That you could do no wrong because you're a Mormon. I can't tell you how many people I've gotten fucked over by good upstanding Mormons. Oh, yeah. At work? All over the place. Yeah. At work, in my personal life. Yeah. Dude, and the way they drive, they drive like selfish, crazy assholes, too. Like, they're not <laughs> they're not considerate and kind and, you know, all those things that they're supposed to be. They're fucking retarded on the streets. <laughs> God's, God's on their side. So they can do no wrong. But this is... Cut, uh, cut that out, I guess. Our work. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> But well, no, I mean, in a lot of in in the traditional sense of the word, a lot of the things in their life have been retarded because yeah. of their religious faith. Right. Their their growth has been stunted. They have yep. been retarded in their development because because they don't know much about the outside world ec- apart from what their faith teaches. Them. Right, right, right. Great save. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, but this is comes to us from the Salt Lake Tribune. It says, woman who accused former MTC president of rape confronts his LDS church ward in Arizona. And apparently he was sitting in the back. They show him on the video. Yeah, in the pews that he's yeah. sitting there while she does this. And the you, video uh, comes to us from new name Noah. Who we like Mike, Nor- Mike Norton, who has been on the show previously as well. He's the one who does a lot of the recordings in the Mormon temples. Yeah. Or LDS temples. I, I can't, like, I know that they want to be referred to as the, by the full name, right? The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or just the church. But if can't I say just it. the church. Which that's, church? That's a really arrogant fucking thing yeah, to say. Yeah, it, like, it is. It's horrible. Anybody outside Utah would say, what church? Well, for a lot of people, the, uh, Catholicism is the church. Right. You know, so. Well, depending on what region you're from, whichever right, dominant right. religion yeah, yeah. is in that region, it's the church. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's the one who published this out on YouTube. It's dated. It starts out and says September 2nd, 2018, 9.36 a.m. I don't live here. I live in Colorado. Um, I'm really grateful, though, to be able to stand up and bear my testimony today because. I- and this was filmed during a fast and testimony uh, meeting at the LDS Ward House. For those of you who are not LDS or don't know, fast and testimony happens, what, once a month, isn't it? Yeah. So it's once a month. the first Sunday of the month. Yeah, and you're supposed to fast. And then during church service, there's a section of the service where you can get up and bear your testimony about your faith in the church. Yeah, any member of the congregation can just walk up and say say what they want. Yeah, and it's usually – I mean, it's very formulaic usually. It's usually they they walk up to the microphone and they say, you know, I'm so-and-so and and I just want to bear my testimony that I – Believe that this church is true. No, I know the church is true. Yeah, I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. You know, and it just goes on from there. And then if it's little kids, it's usually followed up with, and I left my mom and dad because their parents are coaching them in the sidelines. But so she gets up during fast and testimony and delivers this little speech. My testimony today because I have great confidence and love for the Savior. Um, Edmund Burke said that the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. The First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles are covering a sexual predator that lives in your ward. His name is Joseph Bishop. He was the 
Oh, she done named him. Oh, yeah. And then the cameras pan over to him yep. sitting in the pews. And so I, I've read accounts of her telling about this afterward. And she said, I looked directly like, at him when I said that. And his jaw just dropped open. And he sat there mouth agape the whole time she was up at the podium. <laughs> MTC president in 1984 when he raped me in the basement of the MTC. If you're not aware of this, thank you. Yeah, I'll be done in just a minute. And one of the one of the nice young Mormon men sitting up there in the stands comes over to basically get take her control. away from the microphone. Yeah. Take control of the situation. Since yeah. this is yeah. an audio podcast, you're not watching the video right now. The guy sitting closest to her, you can see him look to his left like away from her like yeah. oh, what the fuck do we do <laughs> how do we handle this situation oh my god oh that's right we haven't been trained for anything like this oh crap although that looks like the same place that the 12 year old girl got up it's basically bore her testimony well, and how the, it was... the ward houses are all pretty much well, the same but, but it's and... probably all Mike's also this guy is putting his hands on her yeah he's being physical yeah yeah. I, I will. Thank I, you. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Okay. Can I talk to However, you afterwards? Mm, absolutely. Can I talk to you <laughs> afterwards? afterwards? Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to talk to you afterward. Let me finish. But he's he's basically trying to say, rather than talk now, no. let's talk afterward. Yeah. But she's like, oh, no, I'm going to talk now. And After I would <laughs> love to talk to you afterward. <laughs> Can I talk However, to you afterwards? Mm, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you afterwards. Okay, please. However... It is it, for the atonement to take place. We have to be accountable for what we do. We don't. And they've got there are yeah. there's Multiple three or camera yeah, people. three or four different camera angles in this video, and so it's obvious that there are members in the congregation or people sitting in the congregation who knew this was coming and have had their phones out or cameras rolling while this is going on. And that little sound you heard there and a little bum mumbling and, and some scuffle was apparently somebody else in the congregation who realized that the person next to them or near them was filming. And so this woman gets up and basically blocks yeah. the, the camera or him. phone from, from somebody who is recording this. Don't get to... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Thank you. you okay? I, but you know what? You're in my personal space. Okay. Excuse me. No, no. I have more to say. My name is McKenna Jensen. Okay. I approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was funny when I first had her. Like, I approve this message. Like, it's a political ad. Yeah. I approve this message. I will. I will share with you. However, it is really important. Oh, um, it is really important that you understand. In order to keep our ward safe, in order to keep our church safe, do not call the police. Don't touch me. You're you're assaulting me. In order to keep the church safe, we need to hold sexual predators accountable, whether they are. And you can tell that these guys were totally unprepared and are in just full panic mode. Yeah. Yep. Because they have buttons on their fucking chairs to, to- raise and lower the podium and to turn the microphone on yeah. and off. I know this. I th- <laughs> They had that shit when I was seven and eight years old in church. They could turn the microphone on and off and raise the podium up and down. Mm-hmm. This one to stop. But they're her, just though. fucking panicking, and so he's like, "Oh, I got, I got, I have yeah. to make her stop talking." He's trying to physically move her and and get yeah. her. He's he's like pushed right up against her body. Oh yeah, and they're both, both grabbing their grabbing, grabbing her, her by arms, her yeah. arms and putting their arms around her. But and, they don't quite dare to like really rip her away from it. But they want to. Yeah, they're they're not. 
they're not being rough with her, but they are very much trying to get her away from the microphone when really all they would have to do is turn the microphone off and say, okay, well, well, we've called the police. They're they're coming. And they're probably also very well aware someone is taping this. Oh, yeah. But I mean, they're just, they're, but they're doing, everything they're doing is wrong. It's all wrong. Correct. Whether they are pedophiles or whether they are rapists like Joseph Bishop. Okay, come on. Did he say it's not nice of you to share this? Was it not nice or not? I'm going to back that up just a second here. Are rapists like Joseph Bishop? Not the place. Oh, this is not the place for you to share this. But I thought this is the place. I was going to say that's that's a funny thing for a Mormon to say. This is not the place. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. You know this is assault, right? And you know that we're filming this, right? And it's awesome that she must have like a lapel mic on or her her phone. phone. Ah. That's what she's holding her phone up. She's recording the audio. The audio we're hearing is from her phone. Ah. So they might some really good audio. So they might have cut her mic out. And she oh, just got louder. Oh, yeah, that is possible. Yeah. So that's why it was getting a little more distorted because I think she was trying to yell because uh, her mic wasn't on anymore. Uh, but we don't hear it because we're hearing the audio yeah. from her cell phone recording next to her. Right, not the right. not the internal speaker yeah. system there. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So maybe they maybe they did turn the mic yeah, yeah. off. Yeah. That's why they were frantic after that because they're like, fuck, what else do we do? Yeah. But that's why I'm, I'm like, she probably has a loud enough voice to carry in that small room. Uh-huh. This is not a so they take her away, and that's basically the end of the video. Uh, I want to return to the article here from the Salt Lake Tribune uh, because it says, The woman who alleges the former president of the Missionary Training Center raped her in 1984 brought her battle to an LDS ward in Arizona on Sunday, and a video of her repeating her accusations there has been posted on YouTube, which is the video we just played for you. McKenna Denson is seen speaking during the monthly fast and testimony meeting at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Ward. Quote, the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles are covering a sexual predator that lives in your ward. End quote, she says from the podium. Quote, his name is Joseph Bishop. He was the MTC president in 1984 when he raped me in the basement of the MTC. Not to make a joke about it, but do you call him Bishop Bishop? Probably, yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you would. It'd be Bishop Bishop. Or you could just say B squared if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're all into it. Um, on her Facebook page, Denson wrote, yes, Joseph Bishop was there. I looked him in the eye. He sat with his son, Stephen, who was the same person who walked up to ask President Jones to silence me. The video titled McKenna Denson's testimony in Joseph Bishop's Mormon congregation was posted on the new name Noah channel, which describes itself as a series of videos made with hidden cameras inside Mormon temples. These are made to expose the truth about what goes on inside Mormon temples around the world. Denson's lawsuit against Bishop was thrown out because of the statute of limitations had expired. Because of the statute of... That's poorly worded there. Uh, But the ruling allowed a claim against the LDS Church for fraud for presenting him as a safe and trustworthy leader to continue. So it sounds like they had a two-prong approach and one prong is gone, but she's still going with the... They had had to shuffle a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. New Name Noah posted a second video of Denson outside oh. the meeting house that shows her telling another man, your dad raped me at the MTC. I had not seen that one. I haven't seen this one either. Let's check it out. That's quick. Somebody walking up with their cell phone. No, I, 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 I appreciate what you're to But you have to understand, too, from my point of view, from my, you guys can just record me. Hey, I got it. From my point of view, your 
dead rate me at the MTC. Yeah, right. So, well, listen to the audio. You'll hear it. He probably uh, hasn't listened to any no. of the audio. He said he can imagine himself doing that. Yeah, that her his son probably hasn't listened to any of the audio because he doesn't want to. Well, and the LDS church tells them not to look at anything that doesn't come from official LDS yeah. sources because it could be trying to just lead them away from the church. To be fair, though, it isn't the son's fault or responsibility. No, right. Yeah. To know any of that or to yeah. be up on that. It's, he He's a victim, too, if that's if this is the case. Who's a victim to the Whoa. son of the rapist would also be a victim to find out that his father's a rapist and to you know go that would victimize him as well. I mean, they're they're almost acting like he's part of the rapist party just because he's related to the rapist. Well, it depends uh, on how staunchly he's defending his father with the evidence that's out there. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, you know, if he doesn't know any of it, he's just it's just her word. I wouldn't believe that. About somebody I knew, if somebody else just like we we've talked about this before. If, oh, if somebody just if showed somebody up walked in your up and said and, you, yeah, if yeah, somebody said, oh, Dan did that. If, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, the there's, I, I don't know how he could not know that there's audio of his father admitting, admitting. to this out there because it is out there yeah. and it's all over it's, everywhere. It's but that's about an hour long of recording. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal. I just it's just a little side note that he. He's not at fault here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not at fault for what happened to her. No, but uh, either at the time or now. But he was one of the guys that kicked her out. Well, he uh, the story said that he walked up to the podium and asked them to have her stop or leave yeah. or whatever. But uh, she says, "Well, listen to the audio." Says Dennison, who recorded Bishop apologizing, describing himself as a predator, and confessing to other sexual misconduct in 2017 but saying he didn't remember taking her into the basement room, let alone sexually assaulting her. The LDS Church provided this statement to Fox 13 in response to the videos. So basically, he doesn't remember assaulting her. Yeah, I remember assaulting a lot of women there, but I don't remember this with you in particular. Like, I had a room specifically for doing it, (laughs) but you... I don't, you don't stand out in my assaults. I don't remember you being in my rape room in the basement yeah. of the missionary training center. <laughs> uh, the statement from the LDS church says, quote, once each month, members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints participate in a worship service that includes an opportunity for members to share their testimonies of the savior, Jesus Christ and his gospel. It is disappointing that anyone would interrupt such a worship service to bring attention to their own personal cause. Recording and posting of these disruptions on social media to seek public attention and media coverage, sadly, shows an unfortunate lack of respect for others. We respectfully request that those with personal grievances find other means to communicate their messages than disrupting the sanctity of a worship service. Um, She tried that in the 80s, (laughs) in the 90s, and in the 2000s. And guess what, LDS fucking church? You didn't listen, and you never did a single thing about it. They they find her behavior disappointing because she interrupted their worship service. But the guy who is an admitted sexual predator is sitting in their church. They have no fucking problem with that. Yeah. Apparently, that's just fine and peachy. That's hunky-dory, okay-dandy. But somebody standing up and saying, oh, hey— did you guys know that you have a rapist sitting yeah. in the pews here? Somebody who has admitted to sexually assaulting women, several women at the missionary training center while he was head of it. 
Did you know that he's sitting right there? Then they've got a problem with it. Yeah. Hey, but him just being in church and participating fully as a faithful member, they don't, there, there's, there's no problem with that. There's no problem with the things that he did because of course he's still a member in good standing, but bringing it up in church, well, that's just too much. We can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking disgusting. I'm Bryce Barkenagle. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. It is a big deal. Uh, we've had many, many soldiers reach out to us. Uh, some are oblivious, but many, many others, and the thousands are well aware that it's there. They've described it as a sick and a, a very scary joke, and that it allows the Mujahideen, uh, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, the insurrectionists, and jihadists to be claiming that they're being shot by Jesus rifles. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. For our listeners who don't know, Utah has, as a ballot initiative this year, Prop 2 which is seeking to legalize uh, medical use of marijuana here in the state of Utah. Medical use. Medical use. Some of the most restrictive medical uses of marijuana. Yeah, yeah, for the for the ballot measure that it's go it's not like you can just, you know, go online and get somebody to write you a prescription like a lot of, you know, some of the other states. Like, like California, you walk into a store, you go, "Hey, my knee hurts. Here's your weed card. You walk next door and you get your weed. <laughs> yeah, very, very permissive. And here in Utah, they've crafted this so that it would not be like that. It's it's that you actually have to go to a trained medical professional mm-hmm. who actually writes you a prescription for you, certain ailments. Yeah, and then you can go and legally purchase marijuana to help alleviate some of the From symptoms that you may have. One of the few planned dispensaries in the state. Yeah. It's it's not going to be super permissive, super easy to get type of thing. And the LDS church is up in arms about it. They've they've come out publicly and said that they're against it. Their their statement on it was pretty ridiculous, you know, with all of the different restrictions for what they would like to see as far as how it would go. A lot of which are actually even met within the ballot measure. But I think their biggest thing is they want to have it just straight up be a pharmaceutical grade from a company making it. They want it to be an extracted form. Yeah. Yeah, Not not the leafy green stuff that you can. They don't want a full plant form of it. Right. Yeah. They want it to be strictly regulated, strictly formulaic which, they want it to be a big pharma thing which of what they want is already on the fucking market uh-huh and a lot of the things that they wanted in their little statement of things where they would what if you know if it does this 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 and this and goes through all these check boxes then we'd be okay with it but a lot of those things like it just it would never happen no one of them the biggest reason it would never happen is because it's still illegal at the federal level yeah and I and think they that know was that. one of the stipulations in their thing is that it would have to be from a pharmacy. So you can go to your local Smith's drugstore and get it. Yeah. 
which is just not, not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to that's not not going to not going to not going to happen. So it doesn't matter. There'd be a lot of Smith <laughs> drugstores being broken into. <laughs> and so there's a group here in Utah who has created this ad that was running on a few different radio stations and a, a couple different television stations yeah. here that has since been pulled from at least two radio stations, K Bear and KSL. I yeah, believe are the it. two who have pulled it because it is deceptive. It's there. It's just it's lying. False. Yeah, it's deceptive ad practices in order to try to squash this. And if you have to lie about something in order to get your get your point through or or accomplish what you want to do. If you have to lie about the facts of what's going on, then you have a weak fucking shit case, and right? You're, yeah. And you're a bad person. Yeah, and you're a bad person for doing it. Yeah. You shouldn't have to lie in order to support the thing that you want to have yeah. happen. If the, only, if the only way to to make it sound like your side is correct is to is to mislead and to and to be and to be dishonest, then you should change your view. Yeah. Not and, not continue to lie. Yeah. And this isn't the first time they've had to try to lie and deceive the people because remember about two months ago when they were had sending people door to door to get people to remove their name from the original initiative that got it on the ballot. Mm. Yeah, they're lying to them the whole time. Like you you said you you put your name on this, but you know it's recreational and they're like, No, I Do you know that this is gonna be a recreational thing here and you and it's not. They've they've used deceptive practices the entire yeah. time to try to get this removed. Uh but so the local Fox News source here in Utah, which is my actually of all of the local TV stations and their news reporting, the local Fox station is the best out of all of them. Not 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 connected to the twenty four hour cable news Fox. Correct. No. Because I know there's been confusion about and that. not yeah, owned well, by I the mean, LDS it, they're, they're they're connected as far as it's owned by it's, Fox Media Corporation or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah. yeah, they're affiliated, but it's not run by Rupert Murdoch here yeah. locally. And so they go through some of the claims in the ad to determine if they are true or false. We usually focus on television ads, but we heard complaints about this radio advertisement and found out at least one station pulled the ad after running it once. This is Dr. Bill Hamilton. Utah voters are being asked to consider Proposition 2, what proponents claim is medical marijuana. First, what's medical marijuana? Drug Safe Utah seems to say it's not medical if it has THC and might get you high. And that's the name of the organization is Medical Marijuana Utah. Is that what he said? Or No, something else. Shit, let me back it up. Hang on. Seems to say it's not medical if it has marijuana. First, what's medical marijuana? Drug Safe Utah. Drug Safe, drug safe Utah. Yeah. The thing is, they're saying, well, if it might get you high, so THC is bad. Yeah, and the cocaine and codeine gets you high, too. <laughs> Seems to say it's not medical if it has THC and might get you high. That might explain their first claim. Prop 2 is actually about recreational use, not medical. Prop 2 only allows marijuana by prescription. In the long-running national debate, that means it's medical. Claim number one is fiction. Oh, busted. You fucking lied about it. Yeah. Like I said, you shouldn't have to lie about something in order to present your the best. In order to present your best case, you shouldn't have to fucking lie about it. Also, who cares if it's recreational? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah that's the other point, too. They, they've forever stated that, well, this is just a slippery slope to, to recreational mm -hmm. use. And it's like, 
okay, let's pretend it's not. It's not, of course. Not, no, not right, let's right, pretend right. that it's not, but it is not. It the, isn't. the ballot yeah. measure is not for recreational no. use. Right, right, right. But even if it were, so fucking, fucking what? Yeah. And you have all these right wingers who are against this, and they're the ones that are America, freedom, freedom. No, you want to restrict <laughs> all this stupid little petty bullshit. Freedom like, and liberty, yeah. unless it's something that I don't want you to do. Yeah. Right, libertarians. We want every government shouldn't have it, but don't let anyone have marijuana. Yeah. But. The government has no business or stick. I don't know. They're fucking retarded. <laughs> state rights, state rights. <laughs> but wait, marijuana, marijuana is federally legal. Can so you get me out of that here. one, Dan? <laughs> get me out of that one. Too. Uh, it would just be the same way. I don't it know why the, that's the same thing. I don't know why that's coming up. I don't use that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. It's well, it's because they've all been retarded in their development. Yeah, they need medical marijuana. <laughs> The ads claim number two. Medicinal marijuana is already legal in Utah. Your doctor can prescribe it or you can buy it over the counter. No, you can't. A new Utah. <laughs> that was a nice chorus duet thing that we had there. Are, are you sure? What, what was what? What? You can't do what now? Any of that. <laughs> yeah. None of that's none of that's true. Yes. Yeah, Zero. Yeah, their claim is that medicinal marijuana is already legal in Utah. Your doctor can prescribe it or you can buy it over the counter. No, no, no. no. So, so basically that means you can just walk into a drug a pharmacy drugstore and just buy, just pick up marijuana off the shelf and go buy it. Yeah. So then what the point is, what's the point yeah. of Prop 2 at all? Well, yeah. And why would, and if that is the case, then why would they be? Creating this ad in the first place. Yeah. Right. They want to stop medical right. marijuana, but it's already available. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, that doesn't make any sense it at all. Doesn't. Like who the person who created this video is obviously fucking stupid. Because they put right on there that it's already legal in Utah. Or, so why would they have to create an ad to stop it from being legal? Right, in because right. they want to convince people that they don't need to vote for it. That uh, could be the case, but but I mean, really then they're acting in opposition to their own stated goals, because if it's already legal, then people would be like, well, what's the problem? If I'm going to vote for it, it's already legal. So sure, I'll do it. Why not? You can buy it over the counter. A new Utah law only applies to patients with an illness that will, and I quote, produce death within six months. Yeah. So basically <laughs> it's morphine drip or weed. Yeah. And that's about quality of life for the, at uh, that point. You're just well, trying to yeah. make them comfortable until they die. Well, yeah. And so why, why is it that they would first, how do you determine exactly? Okay. Well, you've got seven months to live. So just one more month and then you can get your weed, <laughs> weed. sir. Then you'll be okay. I know the pain is really, right. really fucking terrible yeah. right now. Your life is miserable, but you've only got to wait one more month and then you can get medical weed until you die six months later. Yeah. That's just, that's, how do they determine it? But like, no smoking in the hospital. Is there some genetic test or scientific test that I there have previously isn't. been unaware of that can determine your exact date of death once you've been diagnosed with a terminal illness? No. Because that seems to be how this whole thing is structured. You can get a good scientific guess based on the life expectancies of other people who had the same disease. Well, sure. But I'm saying it's rate. just it's a it's a silly, yeah, arbitrary thing stupid. to say. Oh, well. Yes, you you have been diagnosed with a terminal illness, but we're gonna say that you've probably got eighteen months to yeah. live. So we're gonna wait. Check till back you're, in a year. Yeah, we're gonna wait till you're in hospice, bedridden, before we'll take care of any of your pain. Yeah, check back in a year, and then we'll see if you've got the remaining six months if you're still around. <laughs> but like, how often do you have to have this updated? But what's even worse than that is that these people want 
to take that away. They want to say, oh, okay, well, this person has six miserable months left to live. I want to make sure that you don't get to have marijuana if you want it. I don't, you can't be comfortable for your last six months, even though you've got this horrible disease. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Because How, reasons. You got six months left. You can have meth. You can have heroin, cocaine. Yeah, we'll give you all of these horrible opioid yeah. drugs that are going to do terrible things yeah. to you. But no weed. You won't be able to shit right for the rest of your life. But <laughs> hey, you won't be in that much pain other than the, you know, large lump uh, in your bowel that's collecting and drying up. <laughs> Those make you constipated, the do they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opioid constipation. It's a thing. Yeah, it is. Six months over-the-counter sales are for an extract called cannabis oil or CBD. For the vast majority of Utahns and for many potential products, claim number two is fiction. Fiction again. They lied about this. So the so far, they're a hundred percent false. Yeah. Yes. Claim number three. Proposition two legalizes full plant marijuana and creates a new industry of grow houses and pot shop dispensaries no. selling edible marijuana with unregulated high levels of the dangerous drug THC. First of all, THC well, is not a dangerous drug. No, it's, mm. probably, it's safer than alcohol. By far. Much safer, yeah. Much, much safer. By far, far, yeah. And they say that it legalizes full plant marijuana and creates doesn't a new do industry of grow houses and pot shop doesn't, dispensaries. Doesn't do that. Selling edible marijuana with unregulated nope. high levels of the dangerous It doesn't do any THC. of that. That's all completely false. Well, it, it will have people, people have, so some has to grow it. Yeah. In most states. Okay, fair enough. And all, they will have dispensaries. They will have dispensaries. I wouldn't say pot shops. Yeah. And wouldn't you, I would rather have an edible than to actually smoke it. Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah. smoking is terrible. It, yeah. it smells bad and it's bad for your health. Yeah, and then they can have the edibles. But hey, you've only got six months to live, so what do you yeah. care about? And your you health can't and smoke in a right? hospital, anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, the the grow house thing is what gets me the the most. It's like, okay, yeah, it's legalized. So guess what? You have to grow it because most states don't allow cross transporting it across right, borders right. because of federal regulations. So we can't go buy weed from Colorado. Or Arizona and have it sold in dispensaries in Utah, you're gonna have to grow your own weed. And guess what? Those are gonna be even more fucking regulated than the pot shops. Well, and all of this has behind it the incredibly fucking naive view that med that marijuana is not available in Utah anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? That you can't go somewhere or find someone who knows someone who can get you marijuana in the state of Utah. That never happens. Yeah. There's no, no industry here for that at all. I can probably go to the church down the street and find a kid in the parking lot and get some weed off of him. <laughs> but that that's the underlying assumption here is that there is no illegal drug trade here in Utah as far as marijuana is concerned, but this is going to bring in these yeah. marijuana industries. They're going to start growing it right here in Utah as if that never happens, right? Some context. All states with medical marijuana establish a dispensary system because pharmacies can't sell it. Right. Pharmacies can't sell it because yeah. they're not in the business of selling this type of thing. They're in the business of kinda, selling pharmaceutical drugs. Kind of like a grocery store in the state of Utah. It's not allowed to sell alcohol. Yeah. Mm. You have to go to a special store for that. Yeah. Mm hmm Proposition 2 includes detailed rules about inspections, labeling and packaging, inventory control, and more. Claim number 3 has facts cloaked with fear. We call that 
Fudging. <laughs> fudging. I, I kind of like that because not only are they fudging with the facts there, but here in Utah, a lot of Mormon people, instead of saying fuck, will say fudge. Oh, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I didn't. So, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. There are serious arguments against medical marijuana. You could say it's a slippery slope. It's illegal federally. That psychoactive drugs need serious testing. But this instead is a straw man ad. They make an easy argument that doesn't fit the facts. Hmm. True. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much, Fox Thirteen. I'm very glad that they did that. Because the argument against it and all the things that they're saying are complete bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their scare tactic. Kaka. Hi, this is Thomas Westbrook, and I have a YouTube channel called Holy Kool-Aid, where I take topics and I break them down in five or ten minute videos, trying to give a laser-focused perspective on religion, philosophy, and science. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. Wherever I see unconstitutional religious persecution of any stripe on anyone. I don't fucking care if I live or die. Someone will get a beating and I will administer it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! And Burt Reynolds is dead now. A legendary mustache gone. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things about him was that high-pitched laugh that he would have. That just it, I don't know. It always made me giggle whenever I would hear him laugh. And he passed away this week at the age of 82. I believe yes, from a heart, heart attack. Yes, yeah. had cardiac arrest. Yeah. Well, technically everyone dies of a heart attack. Unless well, you get your head chopped off. Or they die of brain dead. <laughs> they, they die of brain dead. <laughs> yeah. When you when your brain is no longer functioning, then you're dead. That's why I said when you if you get your head lopped off or your brain's blown out, then that kind of kills you. Yeah, I mean, or yeah. if you get run over, you know, shot. Well, it's usually the loss of blood that causes your heart to quit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but it was it was his passing this week that was one of the things that brought me down a little bit. But he's in a bunch of great movies that I love: uh, Cannonball Run, Smoking the Bandit. I've never seen Gator. I, I actually Gator. had not even, I think, heard of it until his we watching that until his death this week, and and, and, and I've only watched Deliverance once. Well, at least we know he's good. in a better place. Brown, <laughs> 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 pretty good. I think that's what he would say. <laughs> uh. No, that it was. I was a little bummed out, and it was kind of weird because Tracy was making dinner just a few nights ago, and she just has the television on yeah. for noise while she's in there doing it. And Smoking the Bandit was on, and I just happened to hang out in there for a little while and watch that with her and helped her with dinner a little bit. And, yeah, then, like, two days later, found out that he had died, and I was yep. like, oh, that's a bummer. He was looking pretty worn He was out. looking old, yeah. yeah. He was 82. I mean, that's a that's a fairly long life. And he, he kind of, I'm betting, lived a little rough and fast there for quite a while. Oh, sure, yeah. But he, he by all accounts, everybody loved him. He was a great guy. Fun to be around, just a lot of laughs, and turned down a lot of really incredible roles yeah. that would have transformed his acting career. I mean, he turned well, down he, Han Solo. He had Solo. a good acting career, but... Well, sure. But, I mean, he could have been Han Solo. He could have been uh, James Bond. There are a bunch of things that he turned down that... Wow. ...that 
other people took up and had great careers launched because of those roles that he specifically turned down. Yeah. And I, I don't know why he turned them down. Maybe he was just busy with other stuff or didn't want a lot, didn't like him, whatever the case may be. Maybe he was busy filming cannonball run when these <laughs> things happened. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of a bummer. He seemed like a really good dude. Uh, speaking of good dudes though. Yeah. Our, our friend Nick Fish was named president of American Atheists yeah. this week. I really like Nick and I think he'll do a great job. Yeah. Uh, this comes to us from American Atheist website. It says the board of directors of American Atheists today announced that Nick Fish, an activist with a decade of experience in nonprofit organizing, advocacy, advocacy and coalition building, has been named the 55-year-old organization's new president. Fish has spent six years with American Atheists, serving as the organization's director of development from 2012 to 2015 and national program director and spokesperson for the last three years. Before joining American Atheist, Fish work, worked with the Secular Coalition for America in Washington, D.C. and in small donor fundraising and marketing for a variety of national political and progressive advocacy groups. Quote, in today's political climate and in today's political and social climate, the work of American atheists is more important than ever, said Fish. Religious equality and the separation of religion from government, which is the foundation of true religious freedom in our nation, is under attack at every level of our government and our military. Yeah. American atheists must be the leading voice in the fight to put a human face on the discrimination enabled by religious privilege and in ending the stigma associated with atheism in America. Neil Carey, chair of the American Atheist Board of Directors, praised Fish's selection. Quote, In my time working with Nick, it's become clear that he is a tireless advocate who is creative, passionate, and committed to creating a broad coalition in the fight to protect the rights of atheists and religious freedom in America, said Carey. He knows the issues our community faces inside and out. I've been especially impressed by his commitment to building a team of activists who share his vision and dedication to the mission of American atheists. I'm confident Nick will be a great leader of this organization and a champion for our community's values of equality, inclusion, and reason as we move forward. Fish is a native of Michigan and studied political science at Albion College. He worked as a Canvas director during the 2008 election in North Carolina, where he built from scratch an office that registered more than 5,500 voters in a month and knocked on 30,000 doors to persuade voters to support candidates in the presidential, Senate, and gubernatorial elections. Oh. That's a lot of people in one month. Yeah, that's a whole lot of people. And and Nick Nick is a great guy. Like I said, I think we mentioned just last week that he was a previous guest on the show yeah, here in yeah, studio yeah. for the 800-pound um, gorilla hole yeah. <laughs> episode. <laughs> but he's a lot of fun. And we had a director's call just yesterday uh, for – state and assistant directors of American atheists to talk to uh, other members at American atheists. And Nick was on the call and, you know, everybody congratulate him and everything. And one of the things that he'd really like to focus a lot of his work on is building a more inclusive uh, community of atheists. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that atheism has hard, has had a really hard time doing is creating a community for people who are disaffected by religion, right? Or who have left their religion behind mm -hmm. most of the time, also leaving behind their social circles yeah. and uh, sense of community through the religious organization or practice that they previously held or practiced. And so that's one of the big things that he wants to focus on going forward is uh, creating a much more diverse and inclusive community for atheists. And 
I wish him all the luck in doing that. And of course I will be helping as much as I can to do so as well. Tis a noble goal. I think so. It's something that we for sure definitely need. Yeah. So, uh, last story of the evening, as far as the regular portion of the show, have you guys seen this? The, the op-ed published in the New York times by, uh, inside your person in the Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, I want to read this story and we can chat about it a little bit. Uh, the title of the New York times op-ed is I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. And the times put a little blurb at the beginning of it that says the Times is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. We have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. We believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers. We invite you to submit a question about the essay or our vetting process here, and it has a link for you to do so. The op-ed starts with, President Trump is facing a test to his presidency unlike any faced by a modern American leader. It's not just that the special counsel looms large or that the country is bitterly divided over Mr. Trump's leadership, or even that his party might well lose the House to an opposition hellbent on his downfall. The dilemma, which he does not fully grasp, I think he probably doesn't grasp a whole lot of things. Yeah, (laughs) tiny hands, you know. (laughs) He can grasp a lot of straws. (laughs) (laughs) is that many of the senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. I would know. I am one of them. To be clear, ours is not the popular resistance of the left. We want the administration to succeed and think that many of its policies have already made America safer and more prosperous. And to that I say, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. But we believe our first duty is to this country, and the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. Yeah, so these are conservatives who are saying this. Yeah, yeah, it's people who are conservative Republicans working inside the administration who also think that Trump is a dangerous, megalomaniacal megamind dippy. Uh, that is why many Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institutions while thwarting Mr. Trump's more misguided impulses until he is out of office. The root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he is not moored to any discernible first principle that guides his decision making. Mm-hmm. Although he was elected as a Republican, the president shows little affinity for ideals long espoused by conservatives, free minds, free markets, and free people. Unless it's something we don't like. Yeah. yeah th- th- those are not, I mean, those are nice things to say. But they don't really practice the things yeah, that the, they Yeah, pr- and the problem is that they hold to those things saying our party is this and the left is not. We're better, they're not. But you, they don't yeah. do any of those things. They do yeah. the opposite of those things. Yeah. Anyway. At best, he has invoked these ideals in scripted settings. At worst, he has attacked them outright. In addition to his mass marketing of the notion that the press is the enemy of the people, President Trump's impulses are generally anti-trade and anti-democratic. Don't get me wrong, there are bright spots that the near-ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture. And really, if (laughs) it's near-ceaseless negative coverage of the administration because most of the things that the administration is doing are fucking negatives. Yeah. That's why you're getting negative coverage. 
You don't want negative coverage? Don't do shitty things. Stop tweeting. That's part of it. I think I think the media does look for more dramatic storylines too. Oh, of course. They because do, they want to sell papers. They were really hard on Obama like too. That, but yeah. You know, but they're handing this to the press on a platter. Well, there's that. And then also that Republicans are so tough and thick skinned, right? That that the liberals yeah, none are of this should bother them no, anyway. Nothing's offensive. So yeah. why do they care if the media is giving them a hard time? Yeah, fuck being PC. Uh, it says that the there are bright spots that the near ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture. Effective deregulation, historic tax reform, a more robust military, and more. So let's see. Effective deregulation. So now they're, it's much more easy for corporations and businesses to poison our air and water. Yep. Historic tax reform. So billionaires get much, much more rich and our everybody below that gets, gets nothing to actually pay more. Uh, the, the, there's been a lot of news circulating that you need to review your W-4 because your tax, your tax debt is going to be more for most people. So you should go out and review your W-4 information so that you have the proper amount withheld and don't end up owing a bunch of taxes at the end of the year. Oh, I always claim zero. Uh, a more robust military. As if our military needed to be more robust. They're already wasting We're money so that they can keep their enormous. The, the money they have coming in. Yeah, yeah, huge amounts spent on military. But these successes have come despite, not because of, the president's leadership style, was, which is impetuous, adversarial, petty, and ineffective. From the White House to executive branch departments and agencies, senior officials will privately admit their daily disbelief at the commander-in-chief's comments and actions. Most are working to insulate their operations from his whims. Meetings with him veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants, and his impulsiveness results in half-baked, ill-informed, and occasionally reckless decisions that have to be walked back. And these fuckfaces voted for him. Yeah, and still mm. are and still want to keep him in office because he's doing a lot of the things that they want him to do. They just need to, you yeah. know, curtail his more impulsive, even negative though they things. even yes. though they know he's bad for the country, they still want to keep him in there. Yeah, yeah. Quote, there is literally no telling whether he might change his mind from one minute to the next, end quote. A top official complained to me recently, exasperated by an Oval Office meeting at which the president flip-flopped on a major policy decision he'd made only a week earlier. The erratic behavior would be more concerning if it weren't for unsung heroes in and around the White House. Hmm. Some of his aides have been cast as villains by the media, but in private, they have gone to great lengths to keep bad decisions contained to the West Wing though they are clearly not always successful. So this person views themselves and others acting in this way as unsung heroes mm -hmm. for defending and promoting this shitty, shitty human being's agenda. It makes me wonder, though, what are these things? I mean, what if, what if, what if they think that they're stopping him when he wants to put through a more progressive idea? Well, yeah, that's and just so it. And so that's how they're saving the country by making sure that he stays on the hard right path. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. I mean, we don't know what they're what they're thwarting. We're just taking this person's word that oh, it's really bad stuff, and we're yeah. we're keep, we're helping to keep the country more safe because these are really dangerous things. Okay. Well, what specifically has he tried to do? How about you give us some specific information, and then maybe. We can work toward getting somebody who is completely incompetent and unqualified for the job out of office instead of keeping them in office. What let let's say that you get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow <laughs> and instead they put in and in your stead they put somebody in there who's not going yeah. to work to thwart his worst 
tendencies and impulses. What then? You think you're a fucking hero because you're removing shit from his desk that we don't even know what it is or what the consequences would be. You're making this decision unilaterally by yourself. Yeah. And, and in a sense, undermining the democracy of the country. Yeah, absolutely. It's an undemocratic thing to do. Sure. He's a shitty president who's unqualified and incompetent. And I'm sure does want to do a lot of shitty things that maybe this person has stopped, but we don't know. We don't, we have no evidence for any of this. This is just one person who thinks that they're a big fucking hero. Yeah. The right thing to do is get him out of office. It may be cold comfort in this chaotic era, but Americans should know that there are adults in the room. We fully recognize what is happening. And we are trying to do what's right, even when Donald Trump won't. The result is a two-track presidency. What would be right is called impeach. Yeah. Take foreign policy. In public and in private, President Trump shows a preference for autocrats and dictators such as President Vladimir Putin of Russia Mm -hmm. and North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un and displays little genuine appreciation for the ties that bind us to allied, like-minded nations. Yes, right. Astute observers had noted, though, that the rest of the administration is operating on another track, one where countries like Russia are called out for meddling and punished accordingly, and where allies around the world are engaged as peers rather than ridiculed as rivals. On Russia, for instance, the president was reluctant to expel so many of Mr. Putin's spies as punishment for the poisoning of a former Russian spy in Britain. He complained for weeks about senior staff members letting him get boxed into further confrontation with Russia, and he expected and he expressed frustration that the United States continued to impose sanctions on the country for its malign behavior. But his national security team knew better. Such actions had to be taken to hold Moscow accountable. This isn't the work of the so-called deep state, it's the work of the steady state. Given the instability many witnessed, there were early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment, which would start a complex process for removing the president. But no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. So we will do what we can to steer the administration in the right direction until, one way or another, it's over. How about you work toward making it over? Yeah. (laughs) Invoke the 25th Amendment. But then that goes back and forth for a couple years, and it'll be election time again anyways. The bigger concern is not what Mr. Trump has done to the presidency, but rather what we as a nation have allowed him to do to us. We have sunk low with him and allowed our discourse to be stripped of civility. Senator John McCain put it best in his farewell letter. All Americans should heed his words and break free of the tribalism trap with the high aim of uniting through our shared values and love of this great nation. Which, at the end of this, I was like, well, you're one to talk. <laughs> you're, you know, we should break free of the tribalism trap when you're right. keeping you're being, a fucking yeah. maniac in office. When you're you, not doing what you can to get him out of there because you've seen firsthand how fucking dangerous yeah. he is. You're doing what you can to maintain his position there to push through the policies that you want. Yep. That's fucking disastrous. That's what is scary. That is fright. Sure, Donald Trump is fucking scary. But that the will of the president is being thwarted by members of his own fucking cabinet because he's that inept and that incompetent and that dangerous. But they don't want – they're not working actively to remove him. No. They're still working to protect him and defend him from the media asking these hard questions and giving this negative press coverage. When they have the means to remove him. Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. And I think the person who wrote this is a coward. Yep. Uh, says we may no longer have and, senator and probably treasonous in a you know in some way. I mean, I'm I, I don't know what he he she is 
thwarting what they're you know we don't know maybe they might be good they might be good policies they might be leftist policies we know trump has a weird streak uh of certain more democratic type views than you know this alt alt right all the way yeah uh i don't know yeah continues and says we may no longer have senator mccain but we will always have his example a lodestar for restoring honor to public life and our national dialogue Mr. Trump may fear such honorable men, but we should revere them. There is a quiet resistance within the administration of people choosing to put country first, but the real difference will be made by everyday citizens rising above, rising above politics, reaching across the aisle, and resolving to shed the, the labels in favor of a single one, Americans. And that's all. that all sounds great and is very rah-rah, but it's like... You're you're not putting country first. If you were, then you would be working your ass off to get a maniac out of office. He would be reaching across the aisle. If he is as dangerous as this person says to where members of his own cabinet and staff are actively working counter to what the president wants, hiding why shit from the us. fuck yeah, are they still there and why are they not working to get him out of office? It's because they're putting party first. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give me this bullshit kumbaya thing that we need to come together. Fucking fix the problems in your own backyard. Yep. But that's, that was just, it, it made me angry when I read this. (laughs) (laughs) And I started arguing with a few, with a few different people online and I just ran out of time. I'm busy with stuff, but yeah, it, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I want to again thank Mr. Mikey Weinstein of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation for coming on as a guest this evening. That was a, that was a really cool, uh, interview. I, I really like talking to him. It'd be great to talk to him for a lot longer. That'll wrap things up for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be Vanessa, Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach. Numania. Alan Furth. Larry Wilson. Two Skeptical Chaps. Let the Meat Go Fuffy. Stephen Andrus. The Foz. Janet Uter. Jeff Peterson. Marius Kot Butrakowski. Utah Outcasts. Megan Kennedy. Andrew Vodopich. Randy Hamrick. Jeremy Goodson. Angelica Pearson. Wesley Aaron. Taylor Grin. I know that guy. He's really cute. Hey. Savita Kuna. And the Purple Dragon. Yay, who just had his 40-something-ish birthday. I thought he was turned 21. I made a joke somewhat about it. Oh, so you're 39. Is that right, Grant? (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, of course. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you all very much. Yes. And so until next week, crucify those dominionists. You know they want to be up on the cross anyway. (laughs) Leave a review to get kicked out of the fast and testimony meeting. (laughs) And rate the show five times a day toward the Pentecostal gun. Then I sat on my couch half naked with a thing of whiskey in my hand. I fucked it up. Or did you fuck it up? You fucked it up for sure. Okay, let's see. Is this working? Yes. yes. Thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, Skype changed. I saw something next to your name up there that said fucking Skype. <laughs> that's so apropos, man. Yeah, that's how I feel about Skype. I just fucking hate it, man. Anytime I go to use it, they've changed or updated something or it just doesn't work right. There's some fucking problem with it. Oh, so it's not a – you don't have a Nest thermostat. It's uh, something It's else. something else. Cause I, I, it's still I, smart enabled. Yeah, it's smart enabled because I put the Nest in there. Mm-hmm.
And then they actually, because when the guy came, he goes, uh, he goes, do you like the nest? And I'm like, yeah, I like it, I, 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 quite a bit. He goes, did, you, did you say it like Christopher Walken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, like I like it. it. It's, it's <laughs> a good thing. It does weather. 